Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, you're going to throw me off before we even start the show if you're going to put up memes during the whole thing. <laughs> We're back. Uh, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, I'm talking to Brady and Kenny from Mad Tree um, uh, via our new way of socially distancing brewcasts. I, I still can't get used to all of this. I'm lucky that the technology exists and that we can still do this and we can still talk to people like you guys um, on a show like this. But um, how are you guys doing? Really well. Man, fucking test. It <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't sound as genuine as I think it should. <laughs> um, I mean, let's just jump right into the topic um, that everybody is talking about and. Um, this industry has taken a huge hit with all of this shit that's going on. Um, how are you guys doing as far as that goes? Are you, um, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. is relative, right? Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, ask me four weeks ago, when did this start? It was about four weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. March, uh, yeah. March, 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 the, March 15th was yes. the day I always remember the, the fucking Ides of March. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a rough first week. Uh, there were, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of fear, a lot of, uh, I'll be open with a lot of tears back and forth amongst everybody, just trying to figure out what the hell we were going to do. Um, but then, you know, we made a plan we said, we said, Hey, let's art, let's set a goal. And the goal is to survive until December. Let's all work towards that. And so I think that focus, that intention, um, gave us something to look forward to. And 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 I mean, at that point, it's 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 let's figure out how to liquidate and let's let's get ca- as much cash as we can to survive to that point. Uh, reduce our expenses, defer everything as fast as possible. Um, and then within a week, we said, "Yep, we got this. We we can make it to December." Um, and some things have actually looked far better than what we thought they would look. Well, it's, it's strange for me because on, on a consumer side of things, like it's, we all know that we need to be supporting our local breweries as much as possible through this. But I mean, I'm, I'm drinking probably twice as much as I was before it all started. So I think that's part of doing my, my duty, but, <laughs> but two drinks right now but figuring it but you bring up a, a good point whether you realize it or not because figuring out how to split that up is really really difficult to do if i'm if i'm get if i'm swinging through a brewery and getting carry out or something i'm trying to split that time up all of a sudden to figure Sorry. out to figure like out another one of congratulations uh, enjoy you might want to explain this we we just got dream sickled or dream freeze or i don't even know what we're calling it anymore they're not even fucking cold so this is this is this is the game we play around right. here. If you if you discover or you're presented with a dream sickle, you have to drink it in a timely manner. A dream that's dream sickle. Expeditiously, I think is what we say. Yeah, it's a dream sickle in a sixteen yep. ounce can. Well, so yeah, we made a special <laughs> round of dream sickles just to give people ammo. Just it's employees only. They all have their ammo, and somebody just shared their ammo. <laughs> I didn't know how this thing started. It, I mean, look, let me preface it with, we love dream sickle here at mad tree. <laughs> However, 
<laughs> Didn't it start as a joke? I mean, wasn't yeah. it? Was it was it was a it was. Beginning, it was a joke. Right. I mean, it was it was like you know where it started. Let, let, let's go way back. Oh, that's right. It. City Fresh Fest. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, was, it was a Fresh Fest beer. It was one of those infusions. It was the it was the yeah, right. beer at Fresh Fest. Yeah, and that was that. that was our version of yep. the the whatever injected version of Lyft. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's where it started, and then we started making it, and then people we went went bonkers for yep. it. Then we made production of it, and then we were like, "Let's fuck around." I know we did it as April Fools. We said, let's, yeah. "Yeah." We said, "Let's pretend like we're going to can it." So we're like, "Let's just make the label look ridiculous." So we just put an octopus on it with, with <laughs> an ice cream cone. Yeah, which is completely not in the Mad Tree <laughs> design standard for <laughs> our illustrations and everything. And then people went bonkers for it, and we're like, "Let's actually can it." And then we canned it and people went ape shit for it. So then it's it's kind of become like the butt of jokes around the brewery. Right. Not that it's good beer. I don't, I'm not like slamming the beer. I mean, I don't personally like seek it out, but um, I really like 16 ounces of a warm version of it, though. <laughs> cold and then we can pay up at the end of this podcast. I mean, we just pretend like we drank it. <laughs> you have to make sound if you're going to pretend it. You have to make sounds like you're drinking it, so that when he listens back to the podcast, <laughs> oh, Andy, it's foaming everywhere. <laughs> oh, dude, you drank it really fast. <laughs> I, I hope you add some of this. Well, if I have to, I will. <laughs> um, I got a little bit off track now. I don't remember where I was going. Oh, so talking about trying to split up how I support local breweries. You know, it's like you, when I, when I stop and I'm trying to pick up takeout from somewhere, I'm say, say I get to stop at three different places in a week. Like I can't figure out if I split that up and just, you know, stop at as, as many different places as possible. If I try to figure out the places that I worry about the most and stop there more, I don't know if that's something that everybody's going through right now, but it's changed into this whole other level of stress as a consumer of, you know, like we love all of these places. And I, I don't think that it's possible for all of them to last until December. I'm pretty sure that rock bottoms never going to open their doors again after closing the other day. I, I don't know. And like, it just changes into this whole other weird kind of, um, how do you do that? And I, I mean, not that you guys have some kind of answer for my, if that's a question or something, but you know, it's just, it's changed the way it's changed the way that I decide what I'm drinking and when I'm drinking it. And it's, there's so many different levels to this and uh, you know, you guys have a whole different kind of thing that you're playing with, with it, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you like my personal, I, I tend, I'm, I feel like I'm tending to go towards like the businesses most in need, which I'm not even really sure is our industry. And I'm not saying our industry is not like our industry is hurting. We are lucky though, that like curbside beer, people seem to want to do that. And a lot of us also have food to pair with that. And there's retail outlets. And I know obviously um, independents, most independents are just doing curbside. So that's certainly cutting a lot of people off. But I mean, I'm looking at like restaurant partners and I'm like, man, like these guys are, it's tough because right. They rely on, you know, a hundred percent coming through their door. And I realize we've all had to improvise our models. Um, but you look now, you know, a lot of like downtown businesses, right. Yeah. There are far less people downtown because people aren't going into work. So a lot of those businesses, it's really hard to get people to want to right do curbside or go out and do lunch or something like that. Um, 
I don't know. That's not an answer to your question. I don't think there is an answer to the question, really. I don't even know if it's really a question. I don't know. Um, what kinds of things have you guys done to try to adapt to the way things are right now? Obviously, the the, the curbside pickup thing is kind of the go-to for everybody. But what else have you guys done, and 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 how did you figure those out? Oh man, the first thing, the, <laughs> the adult ice cream truck. That was awesome. <laughs> That lasted a whole like four or five days and uh uh it 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 made people happy it created a lot of joy it pissed people off there were all the emotions any emotion in that wheel of emotions that you can think of existed right and and uh i'm not exactly sure where that came from i mean stokely kind of threw it out there i don't know what inspired him yeah um but uh it a big testament to the team being scrappy and being in startup mode again and just saying this was on a Monday, I think that, yeah, that first Monday, I think he said adult ice cream truck. And we all said, fuck yeah. And then by Tuesday we were on the road. So I, we, we've never, we haven't moved that fast in seven years. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, no, I, I, that's what's, that, there are things about this that have been uh, almost fun to watch as places adapt and try new things and get, get a little scrappy again. I think that as an industry, craft beer has evolved and became became what it should become, but it's lost some of that scrappiness. Um, it's it, it's not the same as it was when it all you know started, and it's fun to see some of that scrappiness come back out of some of the places that um, you don't expect it out of. You know, um, not that we don't expect you guys to be scrappy, but um, I would not have predicted you guys having an adult ice cream truck driving around um, if you had asked me six months ago. By the way. It is legal. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what's legal and what's not anymore. I don't know if anybody cares what's legal and what's not anymore. <laughs> it's kind of the wild west, but no, we we got. Uh, I I won't go into too much detail, but we got clarification that what we were doing was okay. Um, I, it also raises some other questions as far as you, you talk about partnerships with restaurants and stuff, but you guys have a partnership with a distributor, which some places don't. How has how have, how have, how is that partnership working through all of this when um i mean i i guess the, the curbside pickup is quote unquote replacing taproom sales and so they probably aren't going to care about that but if you're driving an adult ice cream truck around town was there a discussion with them about that of like hey we're we're going to do this or you know are you guys okay with it we we talked to them briefly about it um i don't think they they, they didn't care, frankly. I think um, our partnership, uh, particularly here in Ohio and Kentucky with Cavalier and Beer House, has been really strong lately. So I think that's kind of helped going into this. They knew that, like, we've got to get scrappy to find volume. They know that we're going to do things legit by the law. So, sure, were they like, yeah, do I really want you driving around delivering beer to people? Do I still want you doing that? No. But, you know, I completely get it. I will say... Um, when this whole thing went down, uh, particularly Cavalier, I mean, they just kind of like ran to the fire. It was like, all right, like this thing's going down. All of our on-premise independents are not going to be ordering beer. They mobilized everyone to, we got to get out and make sure that, uh, specifically chain, but any sort of off-premise, right. Jungle gyms, places like that look good. Um, and they mobilized pretty quick. They haven't, to my knowledge, haven't laid anyone off. Um, we kept our yeah, we, we, we kept our whole sales staff as well. Um, so we were out merchandising with them. We actually used the first week, we used um, some bartenders in private event. 
people to get out and basically merchandise to trade with them. I know Ryan guys did something similar. Um, so we were kind of running to how can we help? What can we do? And, and I will say we got a lot of, a lot of kudos, our distributor and us, a lot of kudos about the fact that we were, we were doing everything we could to kind of help these retailers, especially in that first week or two, which was crazy time for them. I mean, I know like mm. the Kroger was getting decimated, um, you know, people going in, just stocking up, thinking that, holy shit, what's going to happen tomorrow, right? The fear was setting in. Um, it's so yeah. it's still crazy right now. Like, and that's, you know, th- th- that whole side of things is not, it's not anywhere near normal. It's not anywhere near what I think the new normal should look like. It's, it's still crazy when you, when you do walk in these places. They're out of tofu across the street. We, we had a curbside pickup. They're out of tofu. Where's all these tofu eaters coming from? <laughs> People are like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I got to get tofu. It, it was funny to me. Well, not funny, but it was it was odd to me when when this first happened and you would go to the grocery store and there's no ground beef yet. You know, there's still all of the canned goods are on shelves. You know, you could still stock up on spam, but everybody wants to buy a bunch of ground beef and it's, it doesn't make any sense. You know, they're buying ground beef and toilet paper and like it just doesn't I can't figure any of it out um, as as we do settle into something that becomes a new normal, which I don't think anybody knows exactly what that's going to look like, but um, how do some of the things that you guys are doing now, how is that going to affect what the new normal looks like for you guys or does it do you, or do you know? Well, we have no idea what the new normal is going to be. We do, we do believe pretty strongly that, that this thing is not a V shape, right? We're not going to see that we're going to, the wine's not going to say open your doors and go crazy. Um, and even if he did say go crazy, he wouldn't, uh, or I, I think people would still be concerned about the number of folks, the density, if you will, of, of, of our tap room. Uh, we're fortunate that we have a lot of space and we can put a lot of people in here and still create distance. Right. Uh, however, um, we've got to figure out, we need to, I mean, frankly, if we could be a step ahead of, of, of DeWine and, 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 uh, uh, what the recommendations are, we'd be in a good position, but unfortunately we've never done this before. And I don't think anybody's ever done this before. So, you know, we spend, we spend a few minutes every day thinking about what, what the future might look like and what we can do to get ahead of it. Um, uh, you know, if you, if you gamble, right, you win. If you gamble wrong, good luck. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you like stuff that we are certainly is on our mind, and this is certainly short term. But I don't know where this is going to play out. Um, we've we've got a bunch of mixologists here and brewers who have a lot of passion around that. So we're already selling to go cocktails right now. We're going to start having some more fun with it really shortly here. Um, we're trying to find ways to just like Kenny mentioned it earlier, kind of bring joy to people. We did these like Easter bundles. As simple as it was. I saw this. People went eight step for it. Um, Thank God you guys have a bunch of cans that are Easter colors. <laughs> <laughs> we got the pastel range covered. Um, you know, so we're looking at what are those types of things that we can continue to bring. How can we partner potentially with now catch a fire? Like the fact that we've got the the um, the pizza kits. Like that's really cool. Like you think about a family that's stuck at home. I mean, I did one with my family. It was a lot of fun. And you're sitting at home and you can make this pizza kit for your family. And it tastes really damn good. I mean, it's the best pizza I've ever made in my house. I mean, um, and that in and of itself is huge because 
given the, the way we're delivering and we're focusing on one to three zip codes a day so that we can actually be efficient and effective with this. If we tried to go to the, the whole city, like the, 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 the amount of resources we would need to be successful and actually profit at all on that uh, would be absurd. And so with the focus on, on a small neighborhood or two or three, we're able to increase the density, reduce the amount of labor and overhead associated with that. And we can get pizza kits out, which are, they are perishable, don't get me wrong, but they're not like, you don't expect that to be delivered hot in right. 15, 20 minutes. We can deliver that in three, four hours and everything's good. So we're extremely blessed with the fact that we have something that is like, here's an almost ready to go pizza, toss, toss the dough, put it in the oven and you'll enjoy it. Yep. And I will say people are getting, I don't know that we, that we necessarily tried to do this at first, but where people are tapping into like mad trees coming to my neighborhood. It's been a very, it's been a really cool localization strategy where I think if we just said, Hey, we're going to deliver to the whole city, people would get excited. Don't get me wrong. But to Kenny's point one, I don't know how we'd staff that and how we'd mobilize that and how we'd make a whole lot of money off of it. We have one truck and one borrowed van. So <laughs> we don't have a fleet. Uh, right. Kudos to Mike Stokes. Uh, he is running his van to us uh, at a very reasonable rate. Uh, but uh, it may or may not be overheating. <laughs> I think it's fine. I'm joking. Okay. I'm kind of joking. I'm not sure. Um, but, we're, being, uh, we're being open, right? Right. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I mean, I look at today. We did 90-something deliveries, right? Today's Thursday, which is generally a pretty good day for deliveries. Um, and, like, the zip codes get excited. I mean, we did we did a local day. It was, like, over 100 deliveries. We literally stayed around the brewery, like, within a two-mile radius. People were still like, oh, my God, Matthew's going to come to my house. And it's like, you did not look out. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, here. Yeah. And, I mean, it's like, people, people you could just jump in your car and go pick up the stuff. But they're like, oh, no, they're going to come to me. <laughs> but even that, like there's, there are st- so many people that just don't want to leave their house right now. People are, people are terrified to go out in public. People don't, don't know what to do with all of this. And the oh, fact, right. the fact that they can see you driving down their street and bringing them their beer, like it does. Uh, Kroger's not, well, I, mean, I guess Kroger is kind of doing that to me, but it's, it's, it's not the same thing. You don't see it's, it's those people that were pouring you a beer, you know, a month ago are now bringing it to you. And like that connection is there. And I think that's, that's the one thing that has been probably the hardest about all of this, especially from somebody like me or like a lot of people that listen to the show, we spend a lot of time in tap rooms. Like these are the people that I see almost as much as I see, you know, my family, you know, these are, these are the people that um, socially you're so close to and cutting that off is so difficult. And so having that little ounce of connection somehow um, I know it means a lot for the places that I've had that have, you know, delivered beer or whatever it may be to my house or that I've stopped in and picked up at a tap room or something like just getting that little ounce of that means a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you like the first, especially the first week, but we're seeing it now, the people who were going out on the truck for us were coming back and I can say on two people came back and made the statement. That was one of the best days of my life. Because and Kenny and I both experienced it the last day we we um, we had the ice cream truck right the where we were just kind of driving around we were both in opposite trucks and you just pull up and like you are stressed anxious just like everyone else right we're trying to do our day jobs and we're out delivering beer and someone comes up and they're like oh my god thank you so much for coming you just made my day I love you guys and like 
our people were coming back like crying. I mean, it was like crazy. So we think about like the whole purpose of doing the ice cream truck wasn't like, oh my God, we got to figure out a way to, to, to make money. The original purpose was like, let's just drive around neighborhoods and get people excited that a beer truck's in their neighborhood. And if they want to buy a beer, cool, stop us. And we'll sell you some beer. We had no idea that it was going to do a, the revenue that it did, but we had no idea that it was going to create as much joy as it did. And frankly, that's the reason we had to shut it down. At least that version of it. Um, because the last day Kenny and I were out, I was at one house and we had probably drawn 40 plus people and they started having a, a yard party. So they were sitting there, sitting there, the pizza just sitting on the ground. They were eating pizza and they were drinking beers and they were all chatting with each other. And for the most part, they were creating some distance, but, um, we were like, this is not what this thing was intended to do. So we had to shut down that version of it. And that's when we went to the, right. We'll deliver straight to your house. Right. You can't just. Let's talk about a little bit of beer. Um, we got to do the, uh, the obligatory from the beer fridge because I'm drinking beer and we should talk about it. Um, I just dove into my favorite summer beer. The first one I've had this year. First one I have had in a can in a, a couple years. Um, yep. How how many years ago has it been since this was canned? Uh, two years. Two ago. years. It was eighteen, I believe. Um, yeah. So Soul Drifter. But historically, the season the, the season has been really short. We've always kept it like five to seven weeks um, because we've always kind of pinched it between rounding third and then whatever the kind of summer seasonal is. Right. But this year it'll be around for longer. Um, talk about the beer a little bit. It's a strawberry blonde, um, not a, a style that I think would get a lot of Uber beer geeks excited, but, um, it just hits on so many different levels for me. And I know that the idea of, uh, fruit in beers is something that's changed over the last, uh, couple years. Also, I think, I think people expect one thing sometimes and other people don't really care that much um talk about the beer a little bit where did it come from how did how did this beer come about there you go you want me to oh boy like where did it come about or how did it come about man i don't necessarily remember the story it was called daywalker though in 2013 right which was the concept was really just a blonde with some strawberries added to it and it kind of blew up was it Uh, one of the the chef collaboration ones or no i, I don't get it thanks so. it didn't have anything to do with the chef beer yeah and then by 2014 we put that in package i think it was 2014 yeah um and it's been yeah it's been sought after pretty heavily we kind of killed it off last year in lieu of i don't even remember um but uh, the inspiration was probably just trying to find something summary i mean if you remember our portfolio when we first started it was Happy Amber. It was Gnarly Brown. Oh, sorry. I can't say that. <laughs> it was Blank Blank Brown. It was Axis Mundi, Identity Crisis, and Psychopathy. So the lowest alcohol beer we had was a 6% Amber Ale. And the lightest beer by, by taste was a 6% Amber Ale. So, you know, we had, we had to kind of, as we started looking at the portfolio and, and what people asked for as they came to the tap room, we kind of had to ask ourselves, should should we go on the lighter side, uh, both in alcohol and in in you know flavor profile? And uh, I, if I remember correctly, that's kind of where that came from. It's yeah, I mean, it was always, it's it was always 
to, it's always meant to like, um, and I think this is the biggest, probably, probably the biggest complaint we get about the beer, which I think is the biggest reason I like it is people hear strawberry beer and they're maybe expecting like a Vita or something that has, and I'm not trashing a Vita, but I guess I'm going to trash a Vita. Um, something that just has right strawberry extract and it's just this kind of like sweet, sweet strawberry taste. Strawberry don't really taste like that. <laughs> so, I mean, strawberries are pretty mild. So they had one of those strawberry candies before. That's what they taste like. <laughs> uh, I drink, I drink strawberry smoothies every morning. It's about what soldier drifter tastes like. Um, but I mean, it's just meant to like compliment the beer. And I think that's the, People really like the beer. I think that's what they appreciate about it is that it's just an easy drinking blonde ale. I do think there's probably a year where we got too bitter with it a few years ago. We've definitely came that back. Like this year, I really, really like it. That's part of what I like about it too, is that there is some bitterness there. There is like this other kind of thing that balances out some of that, that strawberry kind of thing. Like when you, when you first start drinking it, you get some of that. It's almost like an, like an earthy bitterness kind of thing going on. And then yep. that kind of starts to develop in the middle. And then at the end, it's just left with that strawberry. It's just, you know, it's, it, it, it makes me happy when I'm just sitting inside, hold up in the basement like this, drinking it. But then also when I'm on the lawnmower later, it's going to taste just as good. You know, like it's, it's one of those beers that fits so many different summer situations for me. It's, I do enjoy it. It's it, what 4.3%, um, for all of the, uh, the, carrying on about low calorie beers lately. I'm pretty sure that this one's probably also fairly low calorie, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys have actually tested it or not, but I would, if I had to venture to guess, I would say this thing is probably 120. Yeah, we have the data. I'd have to pull it, but I think you're right. Yeah. So that um brings up the next beer that I'm about to drink as soon as I kill this one. You guys want to talk about Ramble On? Love that beer. Um Talk about the the idea of kind of leaning into that low calorie idea, but doing it your own your own way. You know, it's not a low calorie beer to be a low calorie beer, right? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that we're being a lot more purposeful about. I mean, I think you know, and I'm sure you've seen this. If we, and I'll try to get into this really quick we're talking a lot about purpose, right? Why we exist, right? And we say that we exist to connect people to nature and each other. And that is something that we want to come across because we think that there's a lot of value. There's a lot of meaning, right? And connecting people and beer is the conduit for that. As we kind of got into this beer, we start thinking about not that we need to necessarily fill out our portfolio with different styles of beer, but that we need to fill out our portfolio with occasions. And those occasions being occasions that we give a shit about and as we started designing this beer, right, we kind of designed it with the idea of like outdoor and nature in mind, right? And that's obviously where the name comes from, comes from is Ramble On. And we wanted a beer where you're out hiking and you just want to kind of crush a beer pretty quick and maybe you don't want to think about it too much. Certainly playing with the trend of, right, people are calorie conscious, especially a lot of people who are getting outdoors. Um, and, and a little bit of the kind of sounds weird to say, but the anti- I know a lot, a lot of breweries are jumping onto it, so I'm not pretending like we're groundbreaking, but a little bit of like the anti, I'm going to drink eight hazies tonight and put 3,000 calories in my body, but that you can have a few of these and you're only putting a few hundred calories in your body between those few beers. The biggest thing when we designed this beer was we wanted it to be an IPA, but 
we didn't want it to drink super thin and bitter. And that's what most of these beers to me taste like. Right. Um, we've done a lot of panels. So that's where the idea of the citrus came. Um, and I think it's actually orange and maybe even lemon, mostly orange. Um, or maybe I think it might be actually tangerine. Kenny and I used to know everything. We don't know shit now. <laughs> you have people for that. <laughs> but there's a lot of really smart people here. And it's not us. <laughs> But, but, but the idea of the fruit edition, and we wanted to use it enough that you knew it was there, but not too much to where it kind of covered everything up. So I think it plays nicely with the hops to where it's almost hard to say, is this the fruit edition or is this the hop edition? Um, and then we did a cool thing. We've got this thing internally called like Flavor Space Force. So very quickly, they're just defining flavor spaces that we want to kind of play in. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of internal testing in the tap room here um, with consumers. It's the most most consumer testing we've ever done on a beer. Um, and like we thought, uh, we personally liked less citrus in the beer and more IPA. Consumers certainly wanted more citrus in the beer um, and less IPA. So we kind of met them somewhere in the middle. Um, and I think that's the beer we came up with. This is a beer to me. It's just like, I can just sit back and slam a few. And I just, I love the way it goes down. Well, what I love is that it doesn't make me, there's, there are some other, low calorie beers and I'm putting air quotes around that for people who can't see me um, in their headphones or wherever you listen to podcasts these days. But you know, there's a lot of these beers that um, are number one are being marketed to people who like to, I don't know, like ride their bike around or something or jog or things like that. It becomes like this fitness thing. And that's not me at all. Like that's not, that's not the life I live, but there is a place for a, a lighter, low calorie, whatever this is, beer. And this is the first one that I've seen that really kind of captures that idea as this, this is a beer that fits into this world, but here's how that world fits into you. And I think that you guys finally cracked that idea and nobody else has, has figured it out yet. <laughs> and on top of that, you, you talked about the fruit with the beer. I'm not going to name which one it is um, because it was terrible, but I bought another six pack when I uh, stopped on the way home and bought my soul drifter. That is another low calorie fruited beer. And um, I cracked one open as I was getting prepared for the show and my wife and a kid were downstairs and I gave my wife a sip of it since she's desperate for any kind of beer at this point. And the face that she made was the most horrible face in the world. And she, she made a good point that this is, a beer that tastes not great that was covered up by fruit to make it taste like something different. And that's not what this is. And you guys, you guys, you guys nailed that also with this. My, my, my two comments on this one, I need to drink it now. That's a thumbs up for those who can't see it. I will say this is the last one of my six pack. So I need to go get another one here soon. Beautiful. We have a drive through service. <laughs> I actually have there is a drive through like attached to my neighborhood that I have not gotten to frequent yet since all of this went down that I should probably stop and buy a six pack at. And I assume that you guys have beer there. Although I will say um, on my way home, I was coming down Hamilton Avenue and there was a UDF that did not have a single Madry beer in it. And that blew my mind. And uh, who do I email to uh, get that remedied? <laughs> uh, you're talking about Hamilton Avenue. Hamilton Avenue. Like close to what other cross street? It was up uh, by Kemper. Okay, cool. Yeah. On it. I couldn't figure out. I, I don't know why. The other. So if you keep going on Hamilton Avenue, more towards Hamilton, uh, further north, that one, 
nice and stocked. It's got all my Madrid beer, everything I need. But that one, for some reason, didn't have a single one. Very strange. Yeah. So that's okay. I, I kept going and found another place. <laughs> um, where do you guys see this this new normal becoming? Um, and again, I don't know if you can answer this. Like, where do you where do you see us being? Um, in the next month or so, do you, do we get back to some kind of normal or, or no? We get progressively closer to normal. Um, but in a month, are you getting, are you getting more optimistic about it or less optimistic? Maybe that's a better way to, to put it. I'm getting more optimistic with our plans and with our ability to pivot quickly. Um, so regardless of what happens, I feel better about where we are now with respect to actually things coming back to normal. I'm also getting more optimistic about, excuse me, more optimistic about that too. Uh, I think, I think we reopen the tap room in July. I think that's when we're allowed to, um, I'm making shit up on the spot right now based (laughs) on minimal information, but I think July we reopen. I don't think it's what we, what we're used to. And then I also frankly see a downward trend in, I don't know, two, three months after that. And then we spike back up again. So it's not, it's not over. There's not a, again, there's not like a V. I think it's a, I think it's a a U with another downward spike and then a U following that too. Uh, I don't know. Um, We're just going to make sure we keep our fingers on the pulse and we prepare the best we can and, and, and we build our balance sheet and we can continue to do that and focus on, on what we need to do right now, which is cash. Have I think, you, go ahead. I think, I think consumers are getting, I don't know. I'm, I'm, um, I'm overly optimistic. I will say that. And, um, I'm very Pollyanna. Our marketing director tells me all the time that I'm very Pollyanna. Um, I think we get out of this thing like we got into it. I mean, if, if I think about like the first, even after the corn, even after the shelter in place went down, people still weren't really getting it right. even for two weeks. But I feel like they, after about a month, I feel like they got it. So I kind of feel like personally, I think, I think to Kenny's point, I don't think it's going to be a, let's come out of this thing. My, my hope would be June is a soft Actually, I hate the idea of a soft opening, period. I'd, I, I think there's going to be a soft opening regardless whether or not we're allowed to do it or if, even if it's just a let's reopen shit, people are going to be soft anyways. My hope is that June is soft and then people kind of get more and more comfortable every week and obviously the data is looking good and we're responsibly doing it. And then my hope is July we're back. Um, that's certainly a much more optimistic view. Um you know, I, I've always been joking. When when are we allowed to reopen again? And, and getting like over unders, and everything seems to be pointing towards June to July. Probably more like July. Um, but I, my 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 hope is it's not going to take consumers more than a few weeks to get over this. But there's a very there's a very real possibility that this thing is imprinted on people's minds. Like I, it hasn't done that to me personally, but I think for a lot of consumers, potentially, yeah. Like, I think so. I, and it depends also how, how it all goes over the next few months. Like if you see, if you see cases, you know, rearing back up or something that's going to freak people out, you know, like people just don't understand 
what this thing really is. And I think that that is going to play a big part, especially as we get back into cooler temperatures and stuff like that. Is this going to be gone or is it going to come back? And nobody like can answer that question. Um, have you, even if it never comes back, you've got a small part of the population that will have fear for the next 20 years. Uh, you should sell uh, Mad Tree branded uh, face masks. And um, when you walk in the door, you can just buy one right there. <laughs> you might be working on that. <laughs> I, I mean, think, I, go ahead. I think what would be cool out of this thing, uh, and and you're seeing pockets of this, but I think if like if people can put, it's not even a spin. If people can look at the positivity in this situation, rather than how much this thing sucks. There is a shit ton of stuff to be positive about this. Don't get me wrong. It's not fun being home. It's not fun watching people die. Like that's absolutely fucking serious. And it's not fun having loved ones and and anxiety and fear and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not downplaying that at all, but like you're seeing like people reconnect with people they haven't talked to in a long time because they're like, man, I should really connect with that person. Let's do a zoom call. Like my wife is doing like Zoom calls all the time with her sisters. She's talking to them more now than she talked to them before this stuff. Right. That's really cool. Um, our company is doing a lot more like connection across the company. It built a comfort level like to use Zoom or yeah. It's Ooh, it's it's a normal word now. Like as as a podcaster, all this stuff has been things that I've played around with and I've been, you know, obsessing over for the last year or so, trying to figure out make sure that I can do all this stuff, planning for a baby. And then now all of a sudden like the switch is flipped and it's like, oh shit. I like I have to do this now. <laughs> like it's it's changed what it's changed what people are familiar with and comfortable with. And that um This is the biggest catalyst for change in Yep. 19 years. It's, it's, it, I mean, there are good things about it, I guess, but like speaking for myself, like I find myself, like I'll have a day where like, I'm really excited about something that, um, that I saw somebody doing or a way I saw people connecting, um, with, you know, a business in the community or something like, this is really good the way that this is working. And then I'll walk in the door and my wife is crying because her mom's not going to be allowed to see our baby for the next two months or something. It's like, like there's there, it's so like, it's up and down. It's like this crazy, like roller coaster of emotions all the time. Yep. And I was talking to my mom, my mom and dad, both uh, a couple of days ago and I haven't seen them since well, new year's, new year's day. And my mom's gone through a bunch of shit. She was, she's stage four lung cancer. And uh, she was given 14 months and she made 14 months. It's fucking awesome. Sorry, breaking up. (laughs) Anyway, I I asked her if I could see her. And I said, go like ask your doctor. And they said two months, maybe then. It's like, cool. So we're really fortunate that she's good, but yeah, it's sorry. No, but like, but like I, you see stuff like this and this is like, these are the times that I want to like, I want to, I want to hug people. I want to, I want to have, and like, you can't do those things. And like, this is the one time, like we're going, we're all going through this thing together and like, you want to, you want to connect with people in that way. And like, we can't, 
Yeah. And like, it's, it, it's, it's so it's, it, it's like this crazy, again, it's this crazy roller coaster of, of shit that everybody's going through. And there's such a new way to connect now. And we've, we've said, I mean, part of our purpose is it's connecting to nature and each other. We were so afraid. We said, this is like the thing that breaks us. This is the thing that, that prevents connection. And then what we've seen is we've not, we've, like the world has figured out how to reconnect and, and, and in fact, in a better way than before. We've done um, a, a much better job of that too, than I think anybody could have predicted people doing like, even, you know, if you, you look, you know, on, on smaller, like more local levels, this idea of like the government telling you that, you know what, you should stay at home. You shouldn't go anywhere. And that, excuse me, that people were like, okay, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do that. Like that's, that's mind blowing that people were okay with that as a, um, as a, as a whole, like I wouldn't have predicted that. I would have thought that everybody would have been giving the proverbial middle finger and be like, no, like we're not going to stay home. Like we're going to do what we want to do. And, and to some extent people have, but like overall, like people have handled this and adapted to this change way better than they probably should have, you know, <laughs> like it's just, it's, there's good to this. I use like a, an example, right? I'm from kind of a small town, very conservative family, uh, which is not me. Um, and it was really funny. My, my cousin um, was the first day the shelter in place went down. She was like, fucking bars closed. Can't believe this shit. Hey, we're going to party here. And she takes a picture of like her and like 15 people at someone's like home basement bar. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. A week later, she's complaining on Facebook about how people need to stay home so we can get through this. She's the extreme, but I think that's what yeah. people have gone through to your point. Yeah. It, when, when you first start hearing about it, you don't necessarily take it as seriously as when you have time to kind of think about it a little bit and, and watch it for a little bit. Um, yep have you guys had a chance? Um, and I know that you've probably been a little busy with everything that you have been going through with, um, with Madtree, but have you had a chance to kind of look at the, the bigger picture of how this is going to impact Cincinnati as a whole in, as far as the brewing community? No different than, well, frankly, I think maybe less impactful than the rest of the nation or than on average, the rest of the nation, right? the wine kind of got ahead of it now i think also that it's going to be pivotal that they have a very concise and clear plan to get us out of it right so the, the shutdown i'm not going to say it was easy because that was that was ballsy as hell man like that was that was let, let, let's let's get ahead of it let's do things nobody else has done so props to him <clears throat> however if you don't have a plan to get out of it it's all for naught and it's going to be forgotten. Uh, so, so the fact that we got ahead of it, I think it puts us, uh, ahead of most other cities. Well, not cities, but States, uh, with respect to recovery, economic recovery for not only our industry, but for our city and, and, and state too. I'd be really curious. I know this is your podcast. You ask us questions, but yeah, right, our- I make it up as I go along. Uh, I mean, our heads are in a bubble a bit, right? Trying to keep our business and our families afloat. And I know you're talking to a lot of breweries. What are you, what are you hearing? What are you seeing in terms of? I, 
in the last in the last couple of weeks, I have not talked to a lot of breweries. That's been the crazy part is that like it's been this weird shifting for me too, and um, I there are, the people that I have talked to are either not concerned at all for some reason. And there are definitely a couple of places that are like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, you know, whatever we'll be, we'll be fine because you know, for their situation, they are, or they're absolutely terrified and are convinced that this whole industry is just going to shut down. It's just all over the board. It's like these, again, you talk about th- that roller coaster of things. Like it's, it's extremes. Like you get just these extremes all the time with everything. And like, I, I don't know, I don't know how to how to feel about that or how to uh, how to interpret that from people. I don't know who who is is wrong, who has their own head up their their ass. I, I don't know. Like I can't I can't get a good read on people and, and what this means for um, for for any place that I that I love. I don't know. I don't know anything. That's that's the only thing that I've learned <laughs> in the words of Operation Ivy. All I know is that I don't know nothing. I don't know. It, it um, it's not going to be fun. I know that watching uh, all of this go down in the next um, month or two, there's going to be a lot of bars that I, I know will not open their doors. There's going to be breweries that I don't think open their doors back up, but um, I don't know what we can do about that. I don't know how to stop that. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the conversation where somebody says, well, capitalism would say that we don't give any of these small businesses money or help or aid, but yet they avoid the fact that, well, in true capitalism, and maybe I'm speaking incorrectly, so correct me if I'm wrong, but in real capitalism, the government also doesn't shut you down. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, we've all got to just really work together here to make sure we come out on the other end of this. And I know some people won't. Some people won't come out ahead. Some people will. And we're all trying. I know the government's doing their best, state, uh, federal, and local, to make sure that we all survive. But they have to generalize. And at some point, there's people on the left side of the curve and the right side of the curve. And they're not gonna. They're not gonna come out. What can we do as uh, as drinkers to uh, to get through this? Either as drinkers or as supporters of places like you guys. Yeah, you you got to stop the anxiety yourself. Like, stop worrying about us. Like, we can do that. Like, I I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but take your money and just be really happy with the fact that you have disposable income that you can help us with, not just us, but the right. industry and everybody else around and stop worried about it yourself and just go do what you can for everybody else and be happy that you're doing that. I, I, I think I can do that. <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate you guys taking some time out to, uh, um, to, to make a show with me. I know that the tap room isn't as hopping as it should be on a day like today. Um, there are four people in there right now. <laughs> oh, it sounds awesome. It's like the perfect Madry tap room right now. <laughs> They're employees, by the way. <laughs> They're not spending money. <laughs> you would get such great service, though. <laughs> um, 
I, uh, you know, for anybody that is listening, you can still get Madry beer at whatever your local shop is, unless it's that one UDF, go to the other one. Um, just support places that you, you love and you, um, believe in and, you know, just do what you can, I guess. And I, you know, that what that is changes every day, but do what you can. And, um, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, man. I'll, I'll tell you this too. Thanks for, uh, your positivity in this, in this industry is, is, uh, is awesome. So it's a, it's a, it's a, the breath of fresh air. Um, I think a lot of times, right. We, and, and you see it, right. As our industry's gotten larger here, it becomes ridiculous that, you know, we, we turn, we turn this industry into the, I don't know, like pick your team and right. root. No one does any wrong and no one does any good. And I think your, your mindset, and there's certainly a group of people who have the same mindset as you is, is much appreciated. So thank well, you. I think you're, uh, you're, you're doing a lot for this industry locally, which is awesome. So. Well, really thank you. Thank you. As long as you guys keep making good beer, I'm, uh, I'm here for you. <laughs> Be gnarly, drink local. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think we do have to do the dream sickle before you go. And oh. I'm going to record. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he listens to the show. I don't think we're okay. <laughs> we're waiting for Mike to come in. Did he know? <laughs> Good shit. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> Well, cheers, guys. Cheers. Down with the brew, professor. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Yeah, do it. That's a lot of beer. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Oh, that's really hard. We should have kept them in 12s. Yeah. <laughs> Six. Ugh. All right, man. We'll let you get well, I don't know if I should leave that part in the show or not, but... <laughs> Um, we'll be back next week and I think uh, I think we're talking to 50 West next week maybe I don't know we got 50 West we got Urban Artifact we got lots of shows coming up where we're going to talk about how everybody else is uh, is getting by because it's very different for everybody and, uh, thank you guys Cincy Brewcast the voice of Cincy Craft <laughs>